Good evening, Australia, and welcome wherever you happen to be joining us from in the world. This is Under the Wire, your home for censored and suppressed information about vaccination and health. My name is Meryl Dory, and I am joined tonight by the lovely Anita Hoffmeister, ex-president of the Australian Vaccination Risks Network. Hello, Anita. How are you? Hi, Meryl. Great. We've got to stop meeting like this. <laughs> Actually, I think we need to meet like this more often. Um, I hope that Ted Corin will forgive me for uh, not having his his show on tonight. We were going to be speaking with Ted Corin from um, the United States about chiropractic, but uh, there's been a bit of a situation arising in Australia, and I just thought it was too important not to uh, discuss it. So, um, uh, thank you, Ted, for your patience and understanding, and welcome to the rest of the people who are joining us here tonight. Just letting you know, uh, hi. Hi, Leah. I need to speak with you, Leah. Please give me a call <laughs> now that I've seen you. Um, <laughs> so um, I don't know how many of you read the, uh, the intro. Hey, Michelle, good to see you. Uh, I don't know how many of you read the intro, but things are moving really fast in Australia. Uh, apparently, there is a call from the, uh, hold on a second, call in the military. So Gladys Berejiklian uh, has been urged to call in the military to enforce a total lockdown in Greater Sydney as last-ditch effort to control the virus numbers. Everybody knows that the virus is terrified of uniforms. They see uniforms and they're gone. So we need to have the military called in uh, to control the virus. I think it's more the military called in to control the people. Um, Anita, what are you thinking about what's happening here now? Oh, how, how rapidly we're getting there, Meryl. I mean, we've spoken about this since COVID was first announced really last year, and we mm -hmm. could see where this was going. And we're getting there at a rapid rate. And I have to say, I don't want to be alarmist, but I think it's terrifying. I think it's terrifying that we're going to be having our own military used against us, essentially. And, um, you know, as, as we've said from the start, this is nothing to do with health. This is nothing to do with the, the virus or whatever this is. This is this is all about tyranny and control. And, um, yeah, it's startling, startling to witness the speed at which this is happening. And this is getting real very fast, people. It is. This was two weeks to flatten the curve, and it's turned into, within a very short time, uh, eternal emergency orders that will remove every single right we have. Uh, about a month ago, when Greg Hunt announced Operation COVID Shield and said that the military was going to be put in charge with the of the uh, campaign, the COVID campaign, from then on out, um, I remember saying that why in the world would the military be called in? There are no long lines for vaccines. There are no uh, fights over who's going to get what dose. Uh, the only reason I could see that the military would be put in charge is to basically uh, force people to get the shot. And I cannot help but think that when Gladys Berejiklian is being urged to call in the military to enforce a lockdown, which we have been told, by the way, in New South Wales is most likely going to be extended until the end of August because of a few cases and one death of a 90-year-old woman um, who we're not really sure whether she or her family were vaccinated or not. Uh, you have to think this is just a convenient uh, excuse 
and uh, it's one of those things. I'll, I'll just very quickly switch to this slide, which is Sydney records first COVID-19 death this year as cases surge. And this was again a 90-year-old woman, and they are blaming her family for her death. They're saying that she got the virus from a close family member, and in the actual article, it does say that they're not sure whether she was vaccinated or not. But my guess is if they if she was not vaccinated, that would be the headline. Unvaccinated woman dies in New South Wales. Um, and they're blaming her family. Why? Because they're trying to force people apart from their families. They want people to not actually interact with family members. And that's this next headline. New South Wales Chief Health Officer Dr. Kerry Chant says the state's spike in COVID-19 cases, which climbed to 77 on Sunday. Uh, think of the years that we had 300,000 cases of flu reported in the country. Um, included the, the announcements a 90-year-old woman died from the virus, uh, highlighting the importance of avoiding spread among loved ones. So, Anita, what do you think about all of this stuff about blaming loved ones for this death? That's about as low as it gets, Meryl. That is absolutely appalling to me, but it shows just how poorly their vaccine rollout was going. That's why they have resorted to basically calling family members granny killers now. Because remember way back in 2020 when they said, oh, we might not even get a vaccine, but if we do, Australians are wonderful at taking vaccines. We always have really high vaccine rates among <laughs> our children. We don't mention the tyranny there. But, you know, we Australians are wonderful. Australians will line up and get their vaccine. And I think, I think it's shocked them how few Australians have. Like they really haven't bought it. Even extremely pro-vaccination people that I know are, then no way. They said no way they're getting this vaccine. So I think, you know, they're really having to grasp at straws now to really, really terrify us. And I think you're going to show soon an ad that they've come up with now. And, and you know, this is just the pure desperation. This is just absolutely disgusting level of intimidation. And yeah, it's, but that's what it's coming from. It's just too many people are standing back blinking going, no, thank you. Yep. No, thank you. And you've seen the, the deaths and injuries after, uh, from these vaccines. And, you know, too many people have too many questions. 335 deaths reported to the TGA as of last week following the shot. Um, and that is within a period. We started on the 22nd of February. So what is that? Five months. And uh, we have 335 deaths. And I think that is probably more deaths than we had within a similar period from COVID. If you say that even one of those deaths from COVID was a death from COVID. And yes, you're right. I would like, <clears throat> pardon me, I would like to share this commercial. It's a 30 second commercial that was just uh, put out today, as far as I know. It's all over Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And it's more of our tax dollars hard at work. For those of you who have seen the Grim Reaper ad, uh, this should put you in mind of that. So we will go and take a look at that now.
Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. So there you go. When I saw that ad, the first thing I thought of, this woman is suffocating in her bed and there is nobody there. Um, that's an indictment on the hospitals. But COVID is basically the common cold. And I have never seen anyone with the common cold that way. But also, that was a young woman. And this is a sign that they are, the government is trying to say that young people are at greater risk for, from this illness, this infection, than anyone else. And we know that that's an outright lie because your chances of dying from COVID, even according to the statistics that the government uses, which are as rubbery as you can possibly get, are statistically zero. So why are they doing that except to just spread fear and panic so that they can once again get people to do what they want them to do? But despite all of this, we've only got a 5% compliance with the two-dose schedule. Yeah, well, what's interesting is they would have focus grouped the heck out of that mm -hmm. to decide which demographic to use and what she would look like and how she would look to get maximum impact. We know that's how these work. And we know they've been calling for actors for these ads for months and months. So this isn't just being slap bang now. You know, this isn't just because, oh, New South Wales, we need this ad. This ad has been done a long time ago, or it's been happening for a long time. And presto, we, we come up with the perfect scenario in which we need to scare the bejesus out of people with it. So, you know, I'm very cynical of that. And I, I spoke to you earlier, Meryl, and I said, where have you ever seen a child seizing after vaccination on television? Where are those pictures? You would never, ever get any of those pictures. Nope. Or the lady the other day that died of the blood clots from this vaccine, you are never going to see her story told that way on television, are you? Even though it's equally compelling, I would think. And it's true. This is an actress. This is an actress. This young woman, this is an actress. This didn't happen. Real people are getting terribly injured and dying from these vaccines every day. You see the teenage boys in the US that are dying from heart problems from this vaccine. I mean, you know, where, where's their ad? You know, you're not going to see that side of it. Like, I am so done with the blatant propaganda. I am just done. Like, these idiots don't tell us anything truthful. They haven't from the very beginning. And, you know, as if, if you believe in this virus, as I, I don't, I don't think it's ever been isolated. It's a computer-generated sequence. And, you know, we were told at the start of last year that, oh, it was such a stable virus. That's why it made a great candidate to be, you know, a vaccine we made for it. Now we have a vaccine and all of a sudden there's variants coming out of the wazoo, variants everywhere. But what's amazing with these variants, Meryl, if you go to the gene bank, which I haven't lately, but the gene bank where they send all these different sequences to, I think there was over a thousand sequences, different sequences already last year when I last checked it. So what makes them decide to call something a variant when there's so many different sequences already found? Like they never find the same thing twice because they put the PCR probes in, get some DNA, get some RNA, segment it with a computer program and oh, we have a different variant. I mean, and that's what you don't see discussed. You never see discussed on television the actual studies saying, this is how we know the Delta variant exists. This is how we know that the virus itself exists. You will never see them go through actual science. They will just scare people with terms, mm -hmm. get experts on to sound all sciencey like they should know what they're talking about and just lie through their teeth and then have this awful propaganda. It's just, it's disgusting to watch, Meryl. It really is. It is. Let's face it. If they had science on their side, they'd be presenting it. The fact that they're not, the fact that they're relying on scare campaigns and propaganda 
is because they have nothing else. They are just totally over their heads with what they can do here. And the only thing they can do because they have the, or they feel they have the power, is to actually push it until they feel that people are going to do as they're told. And that's why it's really important that we don't. I want to very quickly go and look at what's happening in the United States with VAERS. Now, we've talked about VAERS before. It's the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. And VAERS only represents about 1%. There was a Harvard Pilgrim study that was done a few years ago, and they said that the reports to VAERS only represent about 1% of the actual reports. Now, we know at this point in time that VAERS is about 500,000 reports backlogged. But as of July 7th, there were 9,048 deaths reported to VAERS following the COVID shots. This is only COVID, these figures. And that is up 2,000 in a week. And 80,000 office visits, 56,970 emergency visits. I mean, this is a holocaust. It really is. And this is what's happening in the United States. And there is no off switch. There is no panic. There is no anything. As you said, these are not the stories that are being told on television. The stories that are on TV are how many cases there are. And it, we really and truly cannot continue to rely on cases. Singapore last week said they were not going to be reporting cases anymore unless they were in hospital or died from COVID. Um, but in Australia, we are still very much reporting cases. And what's really shocking is this figure. The This is New South Wales Health, but as far as we know, this is Australia-wide. The number of cycles that the PCR test runs at in New South Wales is generally 45 cycles, uh, but it can be as low as 40 cycles. Now, Anita, you've done quite a bit of research into the PCR test. At 45 cycles, what percentage of positive um, test results would be false positives? Oh, most of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be a high percentage. I don't yeah. know the exact, it, close, yeah, like well over 80, but I mean, it's, it's just testing positive to this random bit of RNA that's never been proven to do anything. Like that's what's so frustrating. You just go back to the very beginning of this and, you know, the cases in China, it was just washings out of the lung and they got some sequences out of that. They don't know where they, if they were human, if they were bacterial, they don't know. And they just strung them together with a computer program and hey, presto, you know, there was no testing whether it caused illness or anything. So that's the sequence they're even testing for. But I mean, if you went high enough, as I know David Crow, the, who we miss greatly, was a great mm. researcher. If you went to 60, 60 cycles, everyone on the planet would test positive, basically. So it's, it's, it's an absolutely nothing. And the fact that we're being held to ransom with this garbage and you have no recourse. So if one lab's doing 45 cycles and another lab's doing 40, so whichever, you know, depending on which, which lab your, your test gets sent to determines your fate, you know, determines whether you're, you're drug out of your home and put in isolation. As we saw the, a Queensland woman last week, she's had two of the vaccines. She's fully vaccinated. And she got taken out of her share house and put in isolation in quarantine because she tested positive despite being fully vaccinated. Mm. So you have to wonder what was the point of getting vaccinated. And yet yeah, they're using it as a weapon, basically. So where are they going to go with that in future is just absolutely terrifying. Absolutely. And the um, 
I got a call tonight not long ago from someone who said that their friend had been in Sydney um, and wasn't sick in any way and had flown home to Brisbane where he lives and he got off the plane and he was told that he'd have to go into quarantine at a cost of about $3,500 and he doesn't have $3,500. So he has to pay for a hotel room tonight and tomorrow they're flying him back to Sydney where he doesn't even have a place to stay. He was just in holidays there when all of this happened. I mean, there is absolutely no rhyme or reason to this. Um, and, and I went to um, Kohl's this morning and... I, I went and did some shopping, grocery shopping, and I was the only person in the entire supermarket who was not wearing a nappy on my face. And I know that a lot of the people there didn't want to wear one. They're not comfortable in them. They can't breathe in them, but they're complying. What can we do to stop this incredibly compliant attitude among people? What do you think people can do? Well, be brave. <laughs> I mean, you were being brave. Um, being brave is contagious. I do have an anecdote. Um, I shouldn't say too much, maybe, but one of my friends um, works in a mine and they're supposed to be wearing all their masks in their meetings and my friend can't wear a mask. She's exempt from wearing a mask. And so she was going into her meetings without a mask and at the start of the week, everyone was in a mask. By the end of the week, nobody was wearing a mask. But she said if she and a few others had worn their masks, Everyone wore their masks for a week yep. because a few people said, no, we won't be doing that. Everyone stopped. So, you know, it, that's that's what it takes. Courage is contagious. And all these people, I saw a good um, tweet last week, was it all these people on the fence, you know, I hope it starts really hurting you, like get off the fence. You have to start standing up. Like, yep. you know, for all these people, oh, it'll just end. No. I don't know if you're starting to understand it's it's not going to end. And I mean, I hope everyone has been emailing their politicians. I know people say that doesn't work. You've got five minutes, email your politician, turn up to their offices, ring them. You know, I see Malcolm Roberts says he's been getting a lot of correspondence. We need to be doing that to all the politicians. Just, oh, I mean, that should be, you know, what you're doing now. And, you know, talking to people as much as you can. People do have questions and standing up when you can. And, um, because I know a lot of people aren't signing into places and just saying when somebody else, oh, did you sign in saying, oh, yeah, I signed in. But I've got a lot of friends who aren't saying, oh, yeah, I signed in. They're just saying, no, I refuse to sign in and this is why. Because that's that's the rubber meets the road now. Like it's it's not enough to just save ourselves, I guess. Um, because what's scary with the signing in, you know, the contact tracing, they'll basically be removing people from their homes soon if you um you know if you tested positive and that's what was scary about them saying that the the elderly lady caught it in her home mm. um i was saying to you earlier too you know last year at the cricket because you know we've still got to have bread and circuses meryl still cricket and football <laughs> we've got to have bread and circuses um they were saying at the cricket oh no it's it's safer you know it's safer at the cricket with thousands of other people than it is in your own home so they're already sowing the seeds of you know it's not safe to be in your own home you know you're a danger to your own family so they're going to start separating families which is is you know the next step in all this and, and um, in queensland you know built all those camps where they can put people they call them quarantine camps so who's going to go into them we're not getting very much in the way of international travel why do they need these huge camps that hold thousands of people it's for yeah. us and it's, it's you know us. it's interesting though with the 
<laughs> it's interesting though with the variants, Meryl, how they've shot themselves in the foot. They want everyone to get the vaccine, but then they say, you know, it, it doesn't protect you from the new variants perhaps. You know, you'll have to have one every three months or six months or so. So, you know, even the people that they're trying to terrify into taking the vaccine are seeing, well, having the vaccine doesn't help in any way. It doesn't stop me getting it apparently. And, you know, it won't stop all these measures happening to me. So why why would you take the risk? And that's hence the the fear porn ad that they've come out with because, right. you know, that's they right. know so many people are on the fence, but I'm, I'm so done with the, oh, just for the greater good thing. If, if you know, there is no... <laughs> there is no greater good like if you individually don't have rights there are no rights like how many history books do people have to read to work that out like the individual is what's most important here so you know it's just yeah the, it's just I don't know Meryl I don't even know where to go I can't believe we're still in this like from where we were last year it's just insane to me but you know I always think you know all the years that we've known you know, that the government kills babies with vaccines and, and covers it up and doesn't care. You know, we, we know what goes on. So, you know, maybe maybe this is the karma for all of, like, you know, all of us really that we haven't stood up enough maybe to protect, you know, they were stealthily killing babies for a long time. Like that YF memo from the early 80s when they're saying, oh, well, we'll just spread out the batches because we can't have too many SIDS cases in one place anymore. Like, you know, that is the disgusting level of awfulness that we've dealt with all these years. Yeah. And, you know, it's on display for everyone now. They've, they've seen how the sausage is made with scenes now. And isn't it interesting that it had to be the adults before people really gave a damn? Like all these kids that have been pin cushions all these years mm -hmm. and now suddenly we care. You know, maybe we're getting a bit of what we sowed. Well, it's very possible. And I always wondered, I mean, I would kill for my children I would die for my children and I would not allow anyone to hurt my children. Why is it that so many parents have been able to turn a blind eye to what's being done to their kids? And I just think that people have been brainwashed to the extent that they can no longer see what's in front of them. They're suffering from such incredible cognitive dissonance that reality is no longer real to them. It's very scary, but I do think that those people are the exception and not the rule. What I do think the rule is, is the people who know that we are being killed, who know that we are at the point where it's do or die, literally do or die, and they are too scared to actually get up and do anything about it. And it is not the government that's the problem. It is not the pharmaceutical industry that's the problem. It's not even the media that is the problem. It is the people who are complying who are the problem. They need to get off their asses. I'm sorry, I don't want to swear, but they need to get off their asses and to do what's required, which is to fight for their families and to fight for their children and to fight for their country because we are not going to be able to live any longer unless they do. You and I have been fighting this for years and it's time that we got some support. It's time that the society got some support because we are really and truly in a situation where tomorrow the government can say, and this is what I was told um, on, on a good authority, whether it's true or not, we'll find out in the morning. But I was told that the government, perhaps cabinet, is meeting tonight with industry leaders to find out about how to make vaccination against COVID mandatory using people's jobs. So if, you know, really... I don't know how much more it's going to take to get people to stand up. And one of the reasons 
that I was hoping to get a lot of people here tonight, and we have 830 people live with us right now, um, is I want people to tell oh, us wow. what they think we should be doing. What sort of what sort of ideas do you have? Please share them. Because what Anita said is right. We need to be writing to our members of parliament. We need to be doing what Prue did in Victoria and just getting together with four or five other people, get some folding chairs and make a picnic on the street outside of uh, your member for parliament's office with signs and placards and just say, I want to speak with you about what's being done to my rights and my family. And don't leave. If you get arrested, you get arrested. Let them take the kids with you. You know, it's, it's just, you need to stand up now. We need to stand up now. I'm just going to take a quick look. Um, let me see. Yeah, it looks like some people are having problems with reception and dropouts. That's not unusual. Um, this will be repeated tomorrow. We will make sure that it goes up onto Rumble, Bitchute, and Brideon. Sharda says, yes, my sister, those who comply are making the fight difficult, a, a difficult one for us who don't want to participate in this experiment. And that's what it is. There are so many more of us than there are of them, right? So we need to be standing up. We need to make them scared. Um, when, when the government fears the people, there is liberty. When the people fear the government, there is tyranny. And right now we have tyranny and it needs to stop. Um, and, and they are public servants and the police, they are there to serve us. They aren't there to rule our lives. Like who who said this is what they need to do? No one. Like they have just taken control. And I think we've all been so blasé in Australia for so long that I think a lot of people are even in shock that it can even be happening. Like yeah. I really do. And it's it's scary for some people, Meryl. I mean, we've known all this stuff that's been going on. And let's face it, we didn't want to be right. We did not want to be right no. about any of this. It's it's hard to like. I would love to be wrong. <laughs> It would have been so good. But, um, you know, we, we've been telling people and, and it's here now. Yep. It's here now. And I don't know what else to tell people. Like, yeah, picket your, your MPs, turn up for rallies, turn up for rallies. And, you know, there's so much division in our movements at the moment. Mm. You know, there's so many people on different tangents. We just got to get over that. Absolutely. You've just got to realise, you know, we're all we're all Australians and we want our country back. And... I was going to say, you know, if your family's in the military, if your family is a police officer, speak to them. Like, I, that's what we need. We need the police to simply say, no, we will not enforce this tyranny. We need the army to say, no, we will not do this. Like, they because... are our own people. And, yes, I know people say UN troops might come. It may get to that. But in the meantime, you know, those people are human. They live here. They have families here too. They have to see through this. Yep. And just because they get orders, if they're told to enforce these illegal regulations on people, these are not laws, they are regulations or um, declarations, whatever, they are not laws. If they are told to, you know, drop a pregnant woman to the ground and put handcuffs on her, if they are told that someone buying a pair of shoes at Kmart is breaking the law because shoes are somehow not essential at this point in time and they arrest them. Well, they've got to know that they are breaking the law themselves and they are also not obeying the oath that they took when they took office to, to defend and protect. Um, it's time for the police and the military to stand up to the abusers 
who are above them. And I think right now the government in Australia and the government in every state has become the enemy of the people because they are taking our rights away from us, which we did not put them in office to do. They may think that we did, but that we didn't. That we did not do that. And they are not protecting us from a virus. They are, they are imprisoning us. They are enslaving us, and we never agreed to that. So, really and truly, that's, that's like. Sorry, yeah, go on ahead. the Channel Nine story I saw tonight. Oh, they police they raided. There was oh from sixty to ninety year olds. There was ten of them playing cards, and they <laughs> they busted them. You know, playing cards together, and then. Oh, neighbours dobbed in, um, I think there was five or six young men that were like 20 years old or something in a garage playing video games. And this is the disgusting part, Meryl, they were dobbed in by neighbours. Yep. There's your good Germans. They Absolutely. were dobbed in by neighbours. That's. I think that's been the hardest to take. Is It's not bad enough that the military and the police and the psychotic government at the top, yep. but that people, the brainwashed people, will turn in their own people. That is terrifying. I have a niece, I may have shared this story before, who works at a petrol station near me. And she says twice a day, uh, the, the police are showing up to the uh, petrol station because someone has reported that there was someone in there without a mask. And to me, you're right. Those are good Germans. They're Nazis. Um, it It is <laughs> when our society has fallen to the point where we think that it's okay to tell on or to dob on someone who is breathing uh, or having fun or living as a free person, then we really have lost the plot. And uh, I, I don't know why. And, and if these people are so concerned, why don't they get the shot and then they can feel they don't have to worry anymore? It's just because they know the shot doesn't really protect anyone. So uh, they somehow have this twisted idea that if everyone else complies, they'll be safe. So... Yeah, Sue says the Germans well, are the, the ones leading the fight. Now the narrative is that it's, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sue says the Germans are the ones leading the fight today. They learned from the past. And I think you might be referring to Reiner Fulmich because Germany uh, is actually not a very free country right now. Uh, but, yeah, they, they do have that case that hopefully, I think it launched on July 4th, though I haven't heard much about it. Um, I don't know. If anybody has any information on that Nuremberg II case, Please share it. That would be great. Um, yeah. <laughs> Carolyn says, yep, in holiday house towns, the neighbors are being good Germans. Um, and Kim Simpson says, read the Biosecurity Act. Um, I think what a lot of a lot of what's happening now stems from the state declarations of emergency, which, by the way, we are told could be extended to the end of 2022. So another 18 months of this crap. Um, and we need to overturn those emergency declarations and do it quickly. We need lawyers who are willing to fight this issue because they believe that it's wrong and to fight it pro bono. Come on, guys. You guys got rich for a very long time off of whatever it is that you were doing. Now it's time to give back. You have families, too. You are just as much in the firing line as we are. Lawyers, we need you to step forward and come to the party because very soon there's not going to be any party you can come to. You'll lose your jobs just like everyone else. So um, Dave Willow says, where are the protest groups, rebels, bikies, and others who oppose losing their freedom to a socialist dictatorship? Rise up, Australia. 
If you can excuse me for a minute, Anita, I'm going to show this other video that was just shared with me today. This was in Sydney, and it is a group of young men, I think they're all men, who faced down the police in Sydney. And I don't know how it ended up, but this is the part that was shared online. Well, that's because you guys are parking up next to us and running at us. We don't. We don't. We are in. All right. All right. Listen to this. Can we walk? Can we walk along the pathway with our distances? You're in groups. You're in groups. You are in groups. Who is the real criminal? You motherfuckers disperse, bro! Resistance! 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 Don't be afraid to speak up for us! Easy, 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 easy! Now, I don't know if you heard that. I, I heard it a little better the second time I listened to it. But the policeman was saying that they had no right to uh, gather since when. And they had to disperse. And then at the end, when they were running, I heard someone say they have guns. So I have no idea if the police pulled guns on these people. But the people were saying they were peaceful. And they were peaceful. They did not attack anyone. So we started off there with like six policemen. By the end of it, there were 30 of them. Um, I don't know how they got there that quickly. But to me, that is very disturbing. These are people just walking in the street in Sydney. And they were basically stopped by the police and perhaps attacked by the police. I don't know. But what, what would the situation have been if instead of 100 people walking down the street and 30 protesters, uh, sorry, 30 police officers, if there were 2,000 people walking down the street and 30 police officers? That would have been a very different situation. And that's why we need to gather in numbers. We need to gather in numbers. 
and we need to stand up for our rights because what you just saw there is what we're going to be seeing all the time in the whole country if the uh, premiers and the government get their way. Yeah. And the, the powers that be would actually love violence from us. That's why I love mm. those people. They're like, we are peaceful. We are peaceful because if it does, if there is any violence, we know that would just be more crackdowns. They'll just for oh, look, now we've got to crack down even more on you awful people who aren't complying. But as you said, numbers. Exactly. Like in, in England, I'm loving the million people in a protest. Like that that is having impact. That is, you can see their rhetoric changing. And, you know, it it's just going to bear. I can't believe it's England leading the way, but it is. You know, <laughs> I actually had high hopes for America. I've been very disapp disappointed with the Americans, the patriotic Americans. They've been... Very well brainwashed into all this, I think, because I, I, yeah. I, I was expecting a million people protest from them. I think a lot of them are in protesting because they're not living with the same restrictions that we are, um, except for California and New York and possibly Michigan. The other states are, for the most part, open and um, they are not living with these restrictions. I think if the restrictions had continued, uh, we would probably have seen that. And England is living under the same sort of restrictions that Sydney is, and they have been there for, for months. And the government promised in mid-June that everything would be open, and now they're saying mid-July. Uh, if, if they don't open in mid-July, there's going to be a revolution, another Cromwell revolution in England, and there should be too. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I'm just looking to see what people are suggesting uh, people are remembering what happened. Sue Bell says, I remembered this happened in Melbourne. Groups of people started walking in twos on the footpath and the police threatened them too. I remember that video. They were playing Advance Australia Fair on their radios and the police came and attacked them. Um, just amazing how un-Australian that is and how undemocratic. Um, and Kim says the only way they can justify what they are doing according to the Biosecurity Act, i.e. masks, lockdowns, PR testing, uh, PCR testing, quarantine and mandated vaccinations is if we are showing symptoms or have been a close contact of someone with COVID or if we have the virus. And that is true. They cannot make an enforcement order for an entire class of people. They can only do it for an individual. But you see, people have to take this to court. And people have to win in court. And for that, we need lawyers to step forward. And the lawyers are not doing this. I think lawyers know exactly what is going on. And they're just staying what they think is safe. But nobody's going to be safe with this. Uh, I'm being told that that is Like serene, footage. they come after your license. That's exactly. what they're scared of. But if they all stood up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the, that's what I saw. I saw someone say today that Melbourne. but I mean that's 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 where Sydney's at too though like mm. that's that's where we're at like whether that's Melbourne last year or Sydney now like that's and it's it reminds me of a book called The Tipping Point which is what the authorities are sorting doing like with it I, I was an example of like um cleaning up New York City years many years ago and they said they started by getting rid of graffiti and I mean it's a simple little thing but they say if you crack down on little things that is how you stop the big things. So that is why they're cracking down so hard on masks or what you're buying at Kmart or all those things. Because if they have these rules and you have too much leeway and too many people do their own thing, that, that crescendos very quickly. They know that very quickly people will be, you know, will stop 
obeying these crazy edicts. So that's why they stomp down so hard and they make a point of putting that all over the news and saying how awful these terrible granny killers are that aren't wearing masks and look what we did to them. We were really heavy-handed with these awful granny killers. You know, that's that's the narrative they have to take to get this level of control. Exactly. But, I mean, I know a few years ago Meryl was saying... Um, you know, their agenda 2020, they were how far behind they were and how chuffed we were that, you know, all this activism was doing oh something because they were so far behind on their 2020 goals. <gasps> and then COVID came and we went, oh, no, they just bring it all in in like six months. <laughs> so we well, were wrong, Meryl. Whoever thought um, it would be this what's fast. scary is their long game. Mm, exactly. <laughs> well, what's scary is their long game. Their long game. I mean, this this isn't... The children that are being traumatised now and being shown that this is normal now, once you get to, you know, 2030 and the World Economic Forum, like, you know, another generation of the elderly will be gone and, you know, all these teenagers now who are going through all this will be, you know, older and, you know, that's this is a long game. I mean, we feel like it's very fast and rapid, but they are playing the long game too. You know, they, they, they're crushing small business. They're going to make people dependent on the government. I mean, that's just the censorship has just been something to behold. I mean, yeah. as much as it's been terrible, that has been the thing that's been waking people up though to a lot is the fact that why can't I listen to this doctor? You know, that person's a doctor. Why can't I listen to them? And you know, God bless Craig Kelly and um, Pete Evans and the likes of those guys who have really yep. stuck their necks out. I mean, Craig Kelly, he posts such amazing stuff. I mean, not brave. that I'm into all the ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine stuff, but bless him, you know, bless him. You know, if there is a virus and that is all true, well, then they've deliberately murdered lots of people by withholding treatment. Absolutely. So, you know, whichever way you slice it, it's awful. And Dave Willow brings up that point. He says, Clive Palmer, Pauline Hansen, One Nation, I'm Up, Health Party, um, United, you know, I think he must mean United Australia. We must take them on. So, and that's it. We have to not just think about how we can be personal activists, but voting. I was so upset in the last election because so many people said, oh, I voted liberal or I voted labor because what's the point? I'd be wasting my vote if I voted for a minor party. And I'm like, you already did waste your vote by voting for liberal or labor or the greens. Um, we have to, we have to realize that we have the power as voters if we all vote the way that we should vote for the people who support freedom and the rights to choose, then we can actually do this. I saw when Pauline Hansen did this in the late 1990s, and that, that scared the daylights out of the governments. Let's scare them again. We can do this. Um, but I don't know if we can afford to wait for the next election to start acting on this, because by tomorrow, if what I've heard is true, then we can have mandatory vaccination for many many um, employers, and I don't know how many, but a lot of them. Um, yeah, Laura says England only stood up after a year. It took them this long to stand up and gather in numbers. That is true, but they did it. And that's what we need to do too, Laura. We need to stand up. Um, Danica says Nova Scotia is still under restrictions. I mean, probably the only Commonwealth country that's in worse a worse case than Australia is Canada. And it's not all of Canada. It's just a few provinces. Uh, there are provinces that are quite open, but um, most of them are, are, are in fact quite open. But I know Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Ontario are uh, lessons in tyranny. Um, and that's pretty bad. Uh, 
Caroline Ann says, wait till they bring in the curfew. That was hard to get everything done in time. And and we have had curfews um, since this started. Melbourne had curfews. Sydney had curfews. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, Anita, that this what's happening in Sydney and and uh, to a lesser extent in Brisbane and the Northern Territory of all places. I don't think the Northern Territories had one death. Uh, I could be wrong, but I don't think they've had one death. And uh, I mean, they are they are enforcing masks. They're doing all those things. I do think this is going to be nationwide very soon. So we really need to stand up. L- um, Alina says, yeah, the last this virus that can tell the time." Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's right. Um, Alina says the Latvian government has announced that for certain professions, the vaccine will be mandatory, or they risk to lose their job. Other EU countries will be doing the same. Well, that's exactly what's happening in Australia. And you know what? If I was given a choice, you can either get a paycheck or you can take this jab that may end up killing you. It would be a no-brainer. I'd be saying, um, uh, thank you, keep your jab. I'll, I'll live on the dole or I will plant my own food and form a community with people who are like-minded and we will feed each other and we will take care of each other and you can go get stuffed. And that's how I think that people should be uh, treating this. It's only because so many of us have become dependent on the government that they have that power over us. And what I also think is really important, um, I see the people working in aged care Um, the people working in hospitals, people working in disability support, they're the next ones who are going to be targeted. I saw that disability support wants to make it mandatory for the people who work there. What would happen, and I'm, I'm not that old that I don't remember a time 25 years ago when this was common in Australia and in the United States too. What would happen if people got together and said, We don't believe that you have a right to tell us this. We are walking out on strike. Run your own hospital. Run your own aged care facility. Run your own disability support centers. How long would they hold out if people did that? I'd say within two or three days, the situation would be over because there are simply not enough qualified people left to fill those jobs. You don't realize the power that you have if you just take it in your hands. So... And that's why they're working so hard to to push people against other people. That's mm. why they're so hard going for the people that are believers in media and those that don't. That is why they're trying to wedge it. They're trying to stop any of those efforts because most Australians do believe in freedom to choose, but they're trying to make it very hard for those people to stand in solidarity for those people that don't want the vaccine. And, yep. yeah, you're right. It would, it would stop it overnight. If hospitals couldn't get staff, if aged care, you imagine the visions of that, of elderly going unfed and, un, you know, unwashed and all those things, the threat of that happening. They yep. would have to buckle very quickly, but that's always our problem is organising it and people actually doing it. Well, that's because people aren't talking to each other. Um, The thing is, a lot of the people in those places probably will take the jab, but that has nothing to do with this. Even if you yourself think that the jab is good and safe and you want to take it, surely you would not want to be the person who has to hold someone down kicking and screaming and administer it to them against their will. And that's basically what the government is saying. They have to take it whether they want to or not, whether they think it's safe or not, whether they have a family history that's going to contraindicate it or not, they have to take it. We need to stand together on this. 
We need to support the rights of everyone, not just the rights of those who obey the government orders. Um, and I think that we uh, really need to do this. Teresa says, I know a lot of lawyers agree with the mandates, and that's fine. They can agree with the mandates. There are plenty of lawyers out there who don't, and we need them to step forward and, and step up. So uh, the people who really, yeah, okay, Deborah, Deborah Cohen says she's read The Tipping Point, and it's a great book. Yeah. Uh, for it's those of you who book. don't know, yeah. Anita has read every single book ever written in the English language. So, <laughs> all right, maybe every second book written in the English language. <laughs> I have a lot. I have a lot. Yes. Her children have had to move out of it's the house to make room for the books. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, um, it was worth it. Yeah. Now, Marin says we have QR coding and signing in at every business here in Adelaide, and some businesses are enforcing it more than others. Marin, someone spoke with the police in Byron Bay today. Now, I know that Byron, New South Wales law could be different than Adelaide law, but they asked the policeman outright, um, if I don't want to sign in or you know scan a QR code, what can be done? And the policeman said, it is not up to the business to enforce this. The business is not the enforcer. And as a matter of fact, we would prefer them not to lose a customer over this. Um, if, if someone, if a policeman is there and sees it, it's possible that the policeman can say, no, I'm sorry, you have to sign in. Um, but it is not up to the business to enforce that. And I what I do is I simply say, I'm sorry, I don't have a phone. And I walk right past. And I don't listen to them. I have not signed in once since this whole thing started. And I have not worn a mask once since this whole thing started. And I go out of my way not to social distance. I've got to tell you, it shouldn't be called social distance. It should be called anti-social distance. So um, it's it's just one of those things that it's, it's my little way of uh, not complying with this madness that's around us. So... Um, Mary Rose says police became police because they were after power. They're in the element. I, I don't really think that's true. I have family members in America who are police and they became police officers because they wanted to help people. And when I was a little kid, my mother always said, if you are ever in trouble, find a policeman because they will help you. And that's something I was raised with. And I think that's why most people became police officers. I think that they've been trained to do what they're doing and they're not able to understand how wrong it is. And that's why we need to speak with them and let them know how wrong it is. Um, yeah. All the police I know are lovely family people. They're, they're very in their lives. They're lovely, wonderful people. Um, Anita, yeah, keep I mean, talking. No, I have to go and plug my sorry. computer in. I didn't plug it in and it's about to die. I'll be right back. <laughs> keep talking. Oh, okay. okay. Hi guys. <laughs> it's just us here. Um, yeah, I think most police officers do mean really well. I no doubt there is a small element of people that um, are in there for maybe the wrong reasons, but that's just humanity in general. That's that's law. That's well, all of politics and medicine as well. But I think most police officers are lovely, and I think really think we need to speak to them. I know the rallies I went to in Brisbane last year. Um, you could see the humanity in the police officers. You can see they they were getting the message that they shouldn't really be doing what they were doing to us. And they were pretty good. I have to say the Queensland police so far, 
have been pretty good. That was really well done, Meryl. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the little plug came out of the box and I didn't even realize it. And I'm on like 1% here. So it's about to turn off. <laughs> that would not be good. So, yeah. Now, I, I don't agree with what she was saying about the police. I mean, sure, there are some police officers who are bad, just like there is some, you know, anybody can be bad. But uh, I think in general, they didn't go in there to abuse people. It's just where they are now. Yeah, so I'm just looking to see if there's any more ideas from people. Uh, Paul Whitehead says, 1,400 dead, 1 million adverse reactions. That's right, 1 million adverse reactions. It's a death jab. What's happened to our men turned into cowards? <sighs> Good question. And where is that, Paul, 1,400 dead? Is that the EU? I know that the EU has a huge number of deaths. Um, uh, no, I don't think it would be the EU. Maybe that's the England. Maybe that's the UK. Um, because yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, there's 9,000 plus in it's America. It's horrific to the amount of miscarriages, Meryl, like the proportion of miscarriages, especially in early pregnancy, is just horrific. I can't believe they're promoting, well, I can believe, but I'm mm. horrified that they're promoting this things to pregnant women absolutely yes. disgusting and you read those reports on bears i mean people need to go and actually read some of those reports it's just terrific yep. what's happening out there it truly is it's true go to openvares.com and then look at their covid page there was a small study that just came out in the united states that said that 82 percent of the pregnancies where women are given the covid jab at any point in the pregnancy end in a miscarriage where the normal rate of miscarriage in any pregnancy is under 10%. So from 10, less than 10% to 82%, it's never been tested for safety in pregnancy. And governments like the United States government, like the Australian government, are actually telling women to take the jab that it's safe. It's an outright lie. It is genocide. Um, our, our governments are guilty of genocide. And um, it's shocking, absolutely shocking what's going on. Um, I'm just looking to see if there are any ideas here. And I know they say they're trying to they're trying to say that all those deaths, you know, most of those deaths in the the Australian system, they're all, you know, they ex actually expected a lot more deaths reported, you know, because you know the timeline. Coincidentally, you'd expect a lot more actually than that. And I'm like, yeah, that shows you just how garbage our reporting system is. Absolutely. So where's the, where's the baseline deaths that they were even expecting? They're not there. So that's like Dell said with the VAERS system. If they expected so many deaths after the vaccine coincidentally, well, why are the numbers so much lower than what they expected? It just points out how totally inadequate their reporting system is. And we know that there are a lot more deaths because they haven't put most of them up on the um, TGA website. Uh, and it's only this last week that they've actually started to put the individual reaction reports in DAEN. We were told that that would happen within three months. And here it is five months down the track, and they're only just starting to put them up there. And there is no independent oversight. We don't know how many reactions and deaths are not even up there. Uh, it's totally up to the TGA. And we know that the TGA is 100% industry funded. So why would they, you know, do anything that would you know, possibly put their uh, funders at risk. Uh, it, 
It is incredible. Everyone who takes this jab needs to know that they are part of an experiment, an uncontrolled clinical trial that is working until 2023 because nobody knows how safe or effective this shot is. Nobody knows. So when the government says it's safe and effective, they are lying because nobody knows the truth. And the TGA admit they can re remove reports at their own discretion, like we know from Freedom of Information mm. with Gardasil deaths. We know that they remove reports at their own discretion. So whatever that means. So who knows? It is, it's a, you know, we just, and this is the thing, we can't trust a thing they say, Meryl. It's just, if their mouths are li uh, moving, you know they're lying. And that's the tragedy of it. I just don't believe yeah. anything an official tells me on anything. I don't believe anything the media tells me anymore. It's just... It's just, it's sad that that's what it's come to, but I have no faith in them doing the right thing whatsoever. There's too much water under the bridge. Like Jeanette Young going to be governor of Queensland, I just about vomited. I and mean, do you she know should why? have lost her job 10 years ago. She's going to be governor. Governors cannot be prosecuted, even for anything they've done in the past. Jeanette Young-un um, has absolutely been as far as I'm concerned, in my personal opinion, has been guilty of crimes against humanity. And if she becomes governor in January, then she will not be able to be prosecuted for anything. And I think that in itself is another crime. Um, she should be held accountable for things that have happened on her watch. And a lot of bad things have happened on her watch, including the cover-up of the death of Ashley J. DePapra from the uh, flu vaccine. Uh, debacle in 2010 so yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it the accountability starts at the top and uh, she's absolutely not taking any responsibility for it um, so I'm just looking very quickly we need to all come together um, that's what Sharda says and that's absolutely true so some of the ideas that have been suggested is writing to every day five minutes take five minutes write to your member of parliament write to your local member write to your council members too you know the, the local council write to them as well they probably don't hear much of this let everybody know take one letter five minutes can be two sentences just say i believe that my rights are sacrosanct and and you know nobody has a right to take them away send it off next day send something else off get together with a group of people and protest outside of the offices. Do that. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. Have a few placards. Speak with people on the street. There are flyers up on the AVN website that you can bring and, and print out as well. Um, we have a whole page full of printable, printable information. So we need to take that accountability upon ourselves. If you know a lawyer who is involved with any aspect of law that might be helpful here, which is maybe employment law, criminal law, um, uh, administrative law, medical negligence, any of those lawyers, tell them to get off their butts and come forward and help us. And speak with the police, speak with the uh, military and your family, tell them that their, their loyalty lies with the people not with the government, and especially not when the government is telling them to do things that are immoral and illegal. Um, they need to absolutely stand up for the people that they were charged to protect. And if you are working in any area that is currently facing compulsory vaccination, don't look for someone else to save you. We have 
I'm getting so many emails every single day from people saying I'm in aged care and they're going to make it mandatory. What do I do? What you do is you organize the people you work with and you walk out. And that's, that's what you do. You have to do that because that's the only way we're going to see this situation um, solved in that area, I think. What did I miss, Anita? Did I miss anything? No, that was all the good things. And, yeah, local community. Make sure mm. you're meeting up with your local community regularly. I see that in southeast Queensland. There's a lot of groups forming and they meet up regularly for social contact. I don't think that can be overstated. So one thing when I live out here, I do, I do miss not being able to just go and have a cup of tea with someone who feels the same way I do. Um, yeah. I think that's very important. Mental health is very important. I know a lot of people are really starting to feel the pinch mentally at the moment, which is perfectly understandable. But take good care of yourself as well. And, um, yeah, meet up and give lots of hugs to all the people, you know, that's, you know, hugs are our currency at the AVN and it's the <laughs> most important thing. And that is the thing that they are desperately trying to take away from us is our basic humanity and that need for connection. That is what they're trying to sever here. And that's what we really need to get back. Very good advice. I know we have a local group here that meets once a month and um, it's, it is like a, a recharge when you meet with them. Um, we know who does what, who grows what, um, you know, who we can go to if we need X, Y, Z. We are sharing the, the, the business, you know, if, if somebody needs to get a chook pen built, they know who to go to to do it, not buying it online, but buying it from someone locally. Um, so supporting the community and having the community support you back. Everybody can do that except for you, Anita. Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, stand in the park is a good idea too, Kim. A lot of people are going to these stand in the parks. I think it's every, is it every Sunday or every Saturday? Tell me about it because I, I know a lot of people who do it, but I haven't been. I'm, I'm guilty. Sorry. Um, it's, it's, I think it's every week. And it's a very powerful thing where people just stand silently and can talk to people if they're interested in why they're there. Um, yeah, Mary Rose says, half of my friends have taken the jab and now we have to worry about the shedding of the spike protein. That is a concern, Mary Rose. It's why we have to keep communicating with people, but there's only so much we can do. Everybody is entitled to make their own decisions. Sunday. Okay, Deborah said Sunday. It's every Sunday. And is there a website, Deborah, where people can find out about Stan in the Parks? Because um, I think that it's something, I know there's one in Lismore. I know, I think it started in Sydney. There, there's a few in Melbourne. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that uh, I think it's, it's a really good way to not just make a stand, but also meet your community because the people who go there every Sunday at 10 a.m. Um, Ken Douche says, Brady was fine today at Hyde Park. Fine for what? It's, that's like, wasn't that where um, uh, uh, Victor Tay was fined last week or arrested last week? Um, uh, the, the police are really mm -hmm. being brutal and overreaching their uh, powers when they do things like that. There's one in Wagga. Oh, there's a Facebook site. Okay. Thank you, Tiger. Tiger said that there's a Facebook site for Stand in the Park, so just look that up. And yes, Jackie, the, the People's Revolution in Brisbane is fantastic. That was started by, um, oh my God, my mind just went blank. Yeah, tricky. 
Tristan. I couldn't remember his name. Tristan um, started uh, the, the People's Revolution in Brisbane, and that is just going from strength to strength. Um, walking. Holy cow. Um, he was fined for walking, and there were eight police officers for one person. That is shocking. Absolutely shocking. Now wow. it's illegal it to walk. Very safe, obviously. Yep, absolutely. Well, you know, if it's uh, illegal to breathe, the next thing is it's illegal to walk. Take your nappies off. Take your uh, don't don't sign in. Make a stand for freedom. That's what we all need to do. And if we make a stand, we need to do it together. We need to be talking to people and having them make a stand too. It take it out of your comfort zone. I know a lot of people are very uncomfortable at the idea of becoming, uh, you know, making a scene, uh, having people look at them. But think of the alternative. That's a lot less comfortable, I think, to be forced into your house, to be forced into a quarantine center, to be forced to take a jab that could kill you. That makes me feel really uncomfortable, I have to be honest with you, much more so than than fighting for my rights. Uh Brady was fine. And where do you want your children to live? How exactly. do you want your children to live? Yeah. That's right. When you, um, when you are, you know, five years down the track and you have no rights, do you want your children to look at you and say, what did you do when this was happening? And say, I did nothing. I don't think that you, any of us want to do that. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think. Oh, Thank you, Beryl Ann. I appreciate that. Beryl Ann says, Anita, thank you for your help and wisdom. Listen to you without fail. Agree with all you say. That's lovely. Thank you so much. And oh, thank uh, you. Yeah. And Damien says, mass noncompliance is the only way to end this nightmare. And I agree. Angela says, musical instruments make a difference. I have noticed it clears the air. Maybe at the next protest rally, we should all be carrying guitars and pipes and, and uh, harmonicas and drums and cymbals, little things we can And Meryl carry can with sing. Us. Meryl's a good singer. <laughs> we shall overcome. She is. People don't know this. Stop. <laughs> so... Um, it, no, uh, Caroline Ann asks, what percentage are vaccinated now in Australia? It must be more than 5%. Uh, the most recent figure is it's under 5% of Australians who have taken both jabs. So there, the percentage for the first jab is higher, and I don't know exactly what that percentage is. But for fully jabbed, um, it's under 5%. It's like 4.87%. That was the most recent figure. Um and Damien says pots and pans. That's what they did in Denmark. I think every night for ten yeah. nights running, uh, the the mothers and fathers in Denmark um, bang pots and pans in front of the parliament, and parliament back down. And if that's what it means, let's all get to Canberra and bang our pots and pans. Anita, you were in Canberra for the protest a couple of years ago, and they were actually asked to turn the other way because the people in parliament could hear what they were saying and. I'm like, but isn't that the point? You want the people to hear you. <laughs> oh, well, remember, they put some of us in, um, not me, but they put some people that wanted to go to see the Senate, they put them in the soundproof rooms as well. They were very determined that our elected representatives not hear a thing we had to say. 
That was quite stunning. <gasps> Democracy in action. <laughs> Well, and that was that was about 70 of us. So you imagine if you had 5,000 people there yelling at Parliament House, how loud that would be if they couldn't handle this, the noise from 75 people yelling at them. Um, you know, it wouldn't take much. And they're so weak. Yeah, they're they such are. weak Muppets at the top. They truly are. Yeah, they're hideous. Just look at Scott Morrison and you think, is that someone who you can look up to? Is that someone who is a leader? And... I can't help but think, no, I don't think he is. So, yeah. Well, he's he's so proud, Meryl. He's so proud of no jab, no pay. He's so proud of that. He's so proud of making families go through hardship and, you know, making families who already have damaged children maybe damage other children. You know, he's proud of that. He was so proud of all his horrible immigration policies, everything. Everything that was horrible, they put ScoMo onto it. Yeah. And then he had a daggy dad overhaul for that last election and it got him through. And, you know, people are seeing the real ScoMo now. He will just do whatever yeah. he's told to do and, you know, it's going to be hideous and he's got no remorse. Yeah, I'm sure Hitler and Mussolini were very proud as well. Uh, but that doesn't mean that what they did was moral, ethical or right. Um, and I can't help feeling that when when the dust settles, we're going to feel very similarly about the steps that ScoMo took to take our rights away. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. We do have good people in Parliament. We, Like people were saying before, we have Craig Kelly, George Christensen in the lower house. And in the upper house, we've got um, One Nation. We've got Pauline Hansen. We've got uh, Malcolm Roberts. Uh, who else do we have in the Senate? I don't know. Um, there's there's not many, but that's why we have to work so hard at the next election to make sure we get independents elected. Uh, we need to get IMOP candidates into Parliament. We need to get uh, candidates who are going to speak for us and represent freedom instead of representing corporate interests. So, uh, And we can do that if we actually work together. It, we're not powerless. We've got to stop thinking that. And I have to say, on, on that front, if you have a local political candidate and you're not running, but please volunteer. I know that for IMOP and other small parties like that, a big problem for them in the election was just not enough people on the ground manning booths. I mean, get out there and do it. Like, I was actually surprised they didn't have more help. So for places like that, you know, you, know, you can do a lot. You can do a lot. Yes, you're probably going to be uncomfortable in some situations, but my goodness, it's nothing compared to what's going to be happening. Like, I know being with the AVN, I've done lots of things that took me way out of my comfort zone. And you know what? It it just makes you grow. It just gets better. Like, you know what you're there to do, so you just do it. And, you know, there'll always be people who don't like what you do. That's just life in general. So you're better off doing the right thing and being able to sleep at night. Absolutely. Feel your own power. It doesn't matter what other people think about you as long as you know that you're doing the right thing for the right reason. And you, like you said, you can sleep at night if you do that. I think that's really important. Um, Gap, Australia One, People's First and HAP are being suggested also. I don't know a lot about Gap or Australia yeah. One um, or People's First, but HAP I know also does support medical freedom. So um, that's good. An Australian Gap Republican is going nuts party. on Facebook. Are they? Good. I don't. If I don't you follow Great Facebook Australia often. Party on Facebook, whoever runs that Facebook page is just going off. I'm like, <laughs> this is awesome. So, you going know, off in a good way, I hope. <laughs> but, oh, 
good way. Information, just truth, just truth wow. coming out there. I'm like, this is epic. They, they're going to get extremist labels. That was the funniest thing ever, all the extremists. We're the extremists, Meryl. Can you believe it? <laughs> well, in the United States, we'd be considered the terrorists, so why not? <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, we've been called that. We've been called that too. Kudos mm. to us yeah. on that tour with Polly. We got we got told we were worse <gasps> than pedophiles true. and we were worse than terrorists. And that's true. Oh, we've had it all, darling. Yeah, and she was banned <laughs> under terrorism legislation, wasn't she, Polly? Yeah. So yeah, we are yes. Australian as a terrorists. threat to the peace and good order of Australia. Mm. See, we were doing it before it was cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we blaze those trails, Anita. <laughs> oh dear. Well, you so did. Funny. But there's probably one good Jordan Peterson quote. I heard Jordan Peterson say the other day that um, whatever the consequences are of telling the truth, they are what they are. That's what they're meant to be. Yeah, you know, you can't guarantee outcomes of speaking your truth and living your truth. But whatever they are, they are. You've just got to speak your truth anyway. And consequences are what they are. So we need to do that. I love Jordan Peterson. And whatever those consequences are, they've got to be better than living with the lies because pretty soon we won't be able to live with lies anymore. We won't be alive if if the government has its way. So we need to fight back and we need to make sure that we fight back now and in a united way. So I, I thank you so much, everyone. Is there anything that you would like to say before we finish off, um, Anita? And I thank you for joining me at very short notice. Guys, I called Anita an hour before the show and said, we need to talk about this tonight. And she was like, okay. You know, I, I, I feel the need to go off and talk. You know, I can't rant at my husband constantly, although I do. But, you know, it's, you know, this. there are so many people out there doing great things. Never doubt that. Never doubt that there's not millions of wonderful people. Every post I go on now on World Health Organization or UNICEF or you name it, you go to the Facebook posts and there are thousands and thousands of comments of people saying just what we're saying. Mm. So I don't think we are the minority. I think we are the majority and the media and they just have to keep the status quo and they're going down. They're going down so fast and the propaganda they're having to come up with now is a very good indication of how fast they are losing this battle. So so stay there, folks, and, and keep doing what you're doing because it's working. It honestly is working. Yep, absolutely. I agree. And that's that's exactly right. We do need to keep it up and we need to stand up together and fight against what's happening here so we can actually live in a free Australia once again um, and travel. <laughs> All right, Anita. <laughs> I had to say that. <laughs> um, so I want to thank you again, everyone, for coming along to Under the Wire. I will have my interview with Ted Corin, I promise, maybe next Sunday. I'm not really sure what the schedule is, but I'm going to be speaking with Larry Polevsky next week, which I think is going to be amazing. And <laughs> she's jealous. <laughs> I have the best job totally. in Australia, even though it doesn't pay. <laughs> get to talk with the best people including (laughs) Anita (laughs) so (laughs) thank you all so much everyone have a good night and keep your eyes open for what happens tomorrow hopefully our information was wrong but if it's right we need to take action so watch this space okay have a good night all and we will see you very soon on under the wire bye bye